Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. Happy Monday, Beth. Happy Monday. Happy Memorial Day. <gasps> oh, right. It yes. is a holiday. Ooh, happy long weekend, everyone. I know. Do you have, what are you doing? Um, you know, we don't have a whole lot happening this weekend. We have no sports. So it's just a chill weekend. We'll probably go to a friend's house for a grill out. A grill out. <laughs> New term. I like it. <laughs> um, and actually, we have friends in the neighborhood who every year do, I don't know if it's Memorial Day every year, but it's every year around this time, um, a fundraiser where their daughters do a um, M&M cafe, it's called. And oh, they, I remember yeah. this. So you can get bottomless mimosas and bottomless Bloody Marys and you can buy breakfast and all of theirs goes to the Humane Society and I think Children's Hospital this year. So we just- Little we baby philanthropists. Yes. It's so cool. And they're both, a, well, I think one's going into high school next year. The other one's a sophomore. But um, it used to be where they'd have a menu and how much it was and whatever. And that was like fun for them to have to like total up for everyone. But now they're just like, just a donation. Just give us a donation. And oh, I love that. So- Bottomless mimosas, that's a hefty donation in my opinion. Well, yeah. if I know you. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Like The mom was like, oh, you guys can come and get it to go if you want, but you know, we love to have you sit by the pool for bottomless mimosas. I'm like, I'll be there all day. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to have to kick you out. Exactly. Closing that bridge down. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring your checkbook. Nice. Good. Well, that sounds like a lovely weekend. Yes. How about you? Yeah, very chill here too. We're also doing a a grill out, a cookout at the our farm with oh, yeah. my father in law, and then my friend is also having a cookout. She has family in town, so I'm gonna try to do double duty and like go to her house and hang for a little bit, and then go do family stuff. So yeah, oh sounds. Fun. But we're gonna go to the pool. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I just want to sit by my pool all weekend long. That's it. Mm -hmm. And not have to think about anything because I don't have anywhere to break. I do have haircut appointments, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Gosh, I need to make haircut appointments. I'm going to write that down right now. Yeah. Anyway, um, two new Patreons we have in our closet. We have Happy Catastrophe. Oh, love that name. I know. Mm -hmm. Miss or Mrs. That's what I want to know. <laughs> and Dee Dee. Welcome in. Oh, welcome, Dee Dee, and happy catastrophe. Thanks for yes. supporting us. We Thank you so it. much. We have so much fun over there. So, yes. There We're about that. to have some more fun next in the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. We have, yes. It's always fun. Well, I know, but I'm just saying there's going to be two more episodes next month. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've got lots of stuff to binge over the summer. We do. Our summer is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we have, um, Serial Killer September and Survivor September coming up here. That's right. The pod. That's yeah. So if you don't know, we do serial killers all month long during the month of September here on this feed. And then over on the Patreon, we do Survivors because palate cleansers. Mm -hmm. yep. 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 So yep. come join us for that. It's a lot of fun. Well, do you have anything else? I don't. I love you. I'm happy to see you. Oh, <laughs> love all you guys. <laughs> yes, we do love you. Okay, well, we can get into some crime, but I will say this is not going to be a spoiler, but I have to mention this because the case you're about to hear is horrific. I think I say that probably in during our case too, but um, there's also a documentary that I mentioned, I think at the very end of it, that I said I would keep you guys posted when it was coming out, and it did. It already came out May 23rd. 
it came out on Paramount Plus. MTV did a documentary. It's called The Fire That Took Her. Mm-hmm. So if you are so inclined to watch that, if you have Paramount Plus, I recommend it. It is a tearjerker, but if you want to see how actual badass she was, mm-hmm. you should go check it out. I watched it also, and it is it's 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 one you should watch. I think, in my yeah. opinion, yes, but you got to be in the right headspace. Yes, it will be very hard to watch mm-hmm. because you will see scenes, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but video of some pretty horrific stuff and you'll understand once you listen to the rest of this episode so and we hope you love it yeah (laughs) with all that being said i guess we should get into it let's do it this case was sent to us by our closet sister Brittany over on instagram hello Brittany. thank you how are you yes Hope you're doing well, Brittany. Um, It was an interesting case to investigate. It's pretty horrific, but interesting. Uh Uh-oh. It's a domestic violence case. And I feel like the hope would be that maybe we help one person that needs Mm. to find the courage to get out and get help. And if we do, then it will make it all worth it of listening and hearing this story. But Oh, my. Yes, also, and I agree with that sentiment. Yes. We really want people to not be murdered. Right. Or abused or victimized in any way, shape, or form. And the more you know, yeah. the more you know. You know I what would I'm saying? be 100% okay with us going out of business with this little pod because murders stopped. Because we run out, right? Yes. Mm. It won't happen. What a utopia. I know, I know. This is Judy Malinowski's story. Okay. Judy was born on August 26th, which is my parents' anniversary, 1983 in suburban Ohio. She had a happy childhood and loved all people unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Her family said that she put others' needs before her own. She had one sister, Danielle, and one brother, Patrick. She graduated from New Albany High School in New Albany, Ohio, and New Albany is about is like I don't know how many miles, but it's northeast of Columbus. So if you look okay, Judy graduated in two thousand one when she was also crowned Homecoming Queen and Miss New Albany. So she had won a beauty pageant. Wow! So yes. Judy's got it going on. It's very pretty girl. Very pretty girl. Then she went on to go to the Ohio State University. I love how Mm -hmm. it has to be the Ohio State. Well, yes. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Judy got married to Ron Mellon. You did so good the first time, too. Malinowski. Okay. (laughs) And they had two beautiful daughters, Kaylin and Madison, by 2004. In 2004, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, which is very interesting. Wow, she was young. I was just about to say, she's young. She's in her 20s and the same year I was diagnosed. Oh, wow. Well, sort of, I guess. No, that was the year my surgery was, but I guess I was diagnosed the end of 2003. So anyway, just interesting. Same time frame for sure. Yeah, same time frame. I didn't have ovarian cancer though, so. Um, She fought it and won, but in April of 2006, she was told that the cancer had returned, and so she then had a full hysterectomy. Okay. 
Unfortunately, during her recovery, she became addicted to her painkillers. When insurance would no longer pay for the pills, Judy turned to the streets and started using heroin. Mm. Judy was listed as a customer service advisor in one article, but I'm not sure like how long she was working and once her drug addiction happened, what happened. But there wasn't mm-hmm. a whole lot about her career in this. Okay. She would sometimes panhandle to get money for drugs. I think maybe may have taken money from her mom at times. Mm. You know, people who are addicted tend to do things that they wouldn't have normally have done. So. Absolutely. Uh, she, with the help of her family, by taking care of the girls, she eventually went into rehab and beat that addiction. Nice. She's like a real fighter. She, uh, just wait. You haven't even heard oh, no. the badassery of this woman like, okay. yet. Um, so I'm not sure when her and her husband split up, but they did. So I don't know if it had to do with the addiction, if it was before that. I, I don't know. But I do know that they're not together. Um. And I don't know how much custody he has, but I do know that he has a child with another woman named Melissa, and Judy is friends with this woman and, like, goes and hangs out with her, which is an interest. But, I mean, I guess you do that when you've got siblings, you know, half-siblings. Oh, yeah. You try and make it work, so. Yes, absolutely. And, again, I don't know in terms of when that happened. Did he have that child with Melissa before? Did it happen sometime during? Like, I don't know the the history of it. But – this man named Michael Slager was also living with Melissa. I don't think they were together. I think it was just a friend kind of thing, like needed a place to stay. So he was staying there. And so Judy kind of hung out in a similar crowd with this Michael mm-hmm. person. At some point, Michael informed Judy that her husband was cheating on her. And so I'm not sure that if that's also the reason that they broke up or if they were kind of already on the outs. Again, there's just, you know, not a whole lot of information out there on that specific part of the story. So eventually Mike and Judy lost touch because they weren't really that great of friends. They were just like running in the same circle. But then in 2014, they reconnected. Mike had reached out to her on Facebook and they quickly became a couple. Oh. And like kind of inseparable too from what I – um, gathered on this story. Um, I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> At the time that they um, reconnected, Judy was clean and had an apartment with her two daughters and was doing very well. She was on social security disability due to the cancer and a mental – I'm sure the toll that the drugs and everything took on her was you know, part of this reason – uh, the money was enough to cover her rent and a little bit extra, but her mother, Bonnie, would help her out with other expenses. Okay. Bonnie was not aware of her relationship initially, but when Judy told her about it, she kind of – she was happy. Judy was happy or seemed happy, but she had a bad feeling about Mike. Uh-oh. And she had a reason to. Moms know. Yes. Mom's intuition, man. We, we've got it. There's mm-hmm. – don't know what, where it comes from, but it's there. He had a bit of a record um, with offenses like theft, stalking, child endangerment, and domestic assault. Oh, that sounds very unpleasant. Yes, pretty big, pretty pretty lengthy record. Mike also had become somewhat controlling of Judy and would rarely leave her side. I saw it mentioned that he was tracking her with with her phone, but I mean, a lot of people do that. I mean, you know, you share locations just so you're Mm -hmm. aware, whatever, but I'm sure – 
being how controlling he was, it was probably a little uneasy for him, to, for her to have like his or for her to know he knew where she was at every right. moment. Maybe it got obsessive. Yes, I think it probably did. Mike then also got Judy addicted to drugs again. Oh, no. He knew her past and he started giving her painkillers and whatnot and would buy her a gram of heroin each day, even though he did not use drugs. Oh, my. So it was almost – it was basically his way of making her dependent on him and so that Mm. he could continue to control her is – Wow. And jeopardize her life at the same time? Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Not a he's he's not an upstanding human being. You, it gets worse. In March of 2015, the paramedics were called to her apartment because Mike had called Bonnie, her mom, and let her know, hey, I'm knocking on the door. Judy won't answer. He she won't unlock the door. She won't let him into the house. And she said to him that she was going to complete suicide. So clearly, I don't know who it was, either mom or Mike, called, you know, paramedics to come. Nothing was wrong with Judy. Judy was like, I just didn't want to let you in the house because you have become abusive and I'm just trying to get away from you. So that's Mm -hmm. the only – I did never said I was going to complete suicide, like whatever. So her mom at this point becomes aware that she's also started using drugs again and is encouraging her to go back into rehab and told her like, if you don't, I'm going to cut you off because I'm helping you financially. I'm going to cut you off, which is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Judy tried to get into a program but really didn't want to go to the one that she did get into. Um, apparently, the particular program that she got into didn't allow you to smoke. And she wanted to be able mm. to smoke. Like, if you're going to kick this, like, let me at least mm-hmm. smoke cigarettes during the day. Where are her children at this time? Um, well, so that's not entirely clear, but I think – Think with family, if not Ron. Okay. I don't know how involved Ron is. It's not entirely clear, but it had did state that the family helped her when she was in rehab. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that her mom must have stepped in and been like, okay. I hope me, so. I just hope that the they girls. weren't there when she was like on drugs and in this abusive house. Right. And that's right. sucks. Yeah. yeah, I would hope. Yeah, I'm not it, – it's not clear if that was the case and I don't know if they were just trying to like kind of keep that under wraps so that it didn't sound worse than it was. But oh. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just assuming that the her mom stepped in and was like, yep, let's go. Let's give me the girls. Okay. So – and the program that she had gone to before, which was called – a place called Parkside, she had had success in. And so she was like, I really want to go back to that one. So I don't mm-hmm. want – and they were allowed her to smoke and she wanted to specifically go to this one. But they didn't have a bed for her at the time. So she gets into this other program but doesn't really want to go. Okay. May of 2015, Judy has to call the police because she was afraid that Mike was going to kill her at the time. And the police show up but didn't do anything because they said that they didn't have any proof of her suspicions. So I don't know if there was like no bruising, no like outward signs that besides her saying. (laughs) Because you have to actually be injured before they do anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So annoying. I know it is. So not long after this, she runs away from him and stays in a hotel for five to six days because she said he had beaten her. But eventually he speaks to family members and somebody in the family informed him of where she was. And so she ends up back with him. Bonnie informed her until she got treatment again that she was not going to renew her lease. So then she had to move out of the apartment. So I'm assuming for sure at this point she's got the girls because she's like, I'm not giving you money for the 
now they don't have anywhere to live. She's coming, they're coming with me or they're with dad. I don't know. So Mike moves all of her um, belongings into a storage unit for her. On August 1st, 2015, Judy and Mike have an argument about her drug use. He was mad about all the money he was spending on her drugs and wanted to stop. Well, dude, you know what? Uh, you started it. fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're a real gem. Get her hooked on drugs again and now turn it around and get mad about it. Like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So the next day, Judy found out that Parkside Rehab, the one that she wanted to go to, had a room Good. available or a bed available for her. So she called Mike and said, hey, they've got a room. Can you come? bring me. I don't know why. I mean, I guess this is like the battered kind of spouse syndrome where you Mm -hmm. still go back to that person for help because I don't know why she called him, Mm -hmm. but she does. And on the way there, they stop at the thrift shop for an unknown reason and also to her drug dealer's house to get heroin. I guess that last like fix before you go into rehab, I'm assuming. Mm Mm-hmm. So when they arrive at Parkside, Judy exits the car, walks to the entrance, but doesn't go in. And there's someone standing in front of the building and they're smoking a cigarette. And so she bums one from this person. And Mike pulls out of the parking lot and kind of circled around the car, the block. I don't know why he does this. And drives back past and sees that Judy is actually leaving the premises. Oh, no. And yeah. So he's like, okay, pulls back in. Like, get in the car. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Judy informs him that she didn't want to enter the program until she got to speak to her daughters and her mom first. Like, she wanted to go and kind of, like, give them hugs. Her mom was packing her a bag. I need – I don't know why this wasn't known beforehand. I don't know. But so she said – and also she didn't have cigarettes, so she wanted to go get the cigarettes before she went in. Because apparently you have to go in with, like, a sealed pack. Right. Because mm. they don't want to make sure you're not, like, hiding other paraphernalia oh, in the pack right. of cigarettes. Makes sense. So, okay. So Mike's like, fine. Let's go. We'll go do all of these things and then I'll bring you back. So they drive to a Speedway gas station. And I believe they had been arguing a little bit, like, on the way about her not going into the rehab facilities, blah, blah, blah. So he parks the car, goes into the Speedway to buy cigarettes for him and her. And she's like – I think, well, and she's also done the heroin, so she's probably not really in her right mind, but she's annoyed and she's like, I'm getting out of the car and I'm going to leave. So she gets out of the car and starts to walk to the back of the speedway. Mike comes out, gets in the truck and drives around the speedway towards her and is, I think, gets out of the car and they continue to argue and mm-hmm. they argue to the point where Judy throws her like soda at, at him. Mm-hmm. Kind of like this big polar pop that I always have. I'm pretty sure yeah. something similar. To that. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, this is a sidebar, but you got to talk about that polar pop more on this podcast because it is such a fixture of every single episode that no one knows about but me. Anyway, carry on. Okay. Maybe it'll be another an time. An intro. Yeah. <laughs> maybe an intro to this episode. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so Mike gets mad at her. Clearly, he threw, she got threw a soda at him. So he goes to the back of a truck, grabs a gasoline can that he has in the back of his truck, walks over to Judy, who at this point has tripped and fallen on the ground, and starts pouring gasoline all over her. I'm sorry? Yeah. Starting at her head, gets in her mouth. Oh, my God. She said it burned like hell. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine because just the fumes burn my like nose. Wow. That's an awful, awful thing to do and so random. Right. And scary because why are you dumping gasoline? Like, what? what is – yeah. What is your intention? Clearly. That's what I would be thinking. Mm -hmm. 
So he then walks over. Um, sorry. He started from her head, goes all the way down to her feet when he um, – the whole time she's crying and like yelling at him and stop. Why are you doing this? Please help me. I'll get in the car with you. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just go. Come on. Don't stop doing this. Blah, blah, blah. He d- won't stop. And he ends up walking away for her, from her for about 30 seconds and comes back with a lighter and proceeds to light her on fire. No. Yes. Yes. And there's witnesses to this. Like, And they're doing what? Well, they're calling 911. Like there's one – 911 call. This woman is frantic. This guy just lit this person on fire. Like she didn't know who like who was the dynamic of the situation. It's like this it's a frantic call. Like they he Oh, just you can listen somebody. to it? Well, I heard parts of it because um there is a documentary that was made that I was going to talk about later, but and it's I ha- did not get to watch the documentary. I think I told you like I found it and then I couldn't find where to watch it. Well, it's because it uh-huh. was on limited release and they haven't released it to streaming yet. So oh. I'm like waiting for the date to come out. And so it's like in the um, preview of that um, documentary. Oh, that is – this is an escalation of epic mm-hmm. proportions. I don't even know what to say about doing that to someone. I am not okay. No, no. Yeah. And she's, I mean, he's lit her on fire when she's alive. Like in the parking lot of a gas station. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. Bonnie gets a call telling her Judy's in the hospital. She's been in an accident. She's in critical shape. And they also tell her like to prepare to not recognize her because it's, it's bad. So when she gets to the hospital, she wasn't she really, I mean, you could tell that to somebody, but you're not probably really expecting what you're about to see. She was unrecognizable. She had third and fourth degree burns over 90%. Oh my gosh. They told her that she would likely die within hours because apparently, I didn't know this, but there's a formula when you, when burn victims come in and they take the age of the victim and the percentage of the body that they're burned. And then they have this percentage of mortality and hers was 110% mortality rate. Wow. Yeah. I mean, 90% of your body is your whole daggone body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She had, she lost, like, she doesn't have that, like, the ears, like, <gasps> the ears anymore. She lost hair, fingers, I think two fingers in one of her hands, most of her eyesight. I think I maybe like one eye, I don't know, but it's just, oh most my of her God. Eyesight. This is horrific. I have seen some really graphic pictures. They're out there. And I, and I think it's because they wanted her story known, but there's really graphic pictures of her. And I'm actually afraid to post them because they're, they're probably going to be one of those ones that, you know, get censored, like – Yeah, sensitive. content warning or whatever. Yeah. So, and I don't know that I want to post them anyways. I mean, you no. can find them if you want them, want to. Um, I'll have links because some of the articles, they're in the articles that I was reading about this case. So when police um, – arrive at the scene, Mike told them that he accidentally set her on fire when he was lighting a cigarette for her, which was bull. Absolutely. People saw him. Yes. One, there's a witness. Two, there's surveillance footage from the ATM right across the street that catches the whole thing on camera. Oh my God. Well, good. And she has gasoline all over her. How are you going to explain that? Well, yeah. And apparently the ATM footage is in that documentary. Oh, gosh, I don't think I'd want to watch that. Oh, baby. 
Oh. And also number three, Judy's still alive. So yeah, Mike, she can tell what happened. I'm gonna tell you, freaking Mike did this to me, and he did it on She's purpose. Still alive, but expected to die within hours, if not days. Okay, so the prosecutors in this case, as horrible as this sounds, they're basically making their case against Mike, but they're waiting for Judy to die so they can up the charges to murder. Wow. And they are told that she's going to die. And I'm assuming she's keep being kept in a coma due yes. to like pain and uh, I can't even imagine. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. She is. She's in a coma. I want to say I heard at one point that they woke her up long enough to like for her to say who did it to her because which they tend to do. I think they need to know mm-hmm. like straight from her mouth what, you know, who did it. So mm-hmm. But they're, they're like I said, they're waiting for her to die. And it's also the prosecutor in this case that it was the first case that he had ever met the victim in the case because oh, because they're always clearly, dead. typically they die, and that's why you're charging them with murder. But they right now they're not charging it with murder, so they're just waiting so they can up those charges. But then all of a sudden they get a phone call that Judy has woken up. <gasps> in December of 2016, Michael Slager was charged initially. So this is initially with arson and felonious. I'm assuming that's how you say that word. Assault. Mm-hmm. To which he pled no content contest because he knew Judy was alive and could testify via conference call. If she Not was. attempted murder. No. Which huh. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, maybe because he had been saying it was an accident. I don't know, but it wasn't. It was clearly not. They had freaking video footage of it. And in that video he footage, they poured the him. gasoline on her right. and then lit her on fire. Right. He mm. knew he was going to kill her. Right. Yes. I know. The judge in that case sentences him to the maximum allowed, which is 11 years in prison. Oh my. And they're mm. just going to let him out. Yeah. No one, including the judge, is satisfied with this. And in the court, after reading the sentence, he stated, the the, uh, judge, you really do seem like one of those people that has no soul and you need to be incarcerated. But there was Uh like nothing more that they could do about the length of time. So, wow. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. So, like I said, so many people dissatisfied, Judy being one of them. So Judy initially, who was not expected to live, like I said, more than a few hours, if not days, here's the badass fighter she is. She lives for 23 months, almost two years. Oh, that's a long time. And I bet, oh. 23 horrifically painful I was just going to say, tell, tell me about those. She had been through like, I think 59 surgeries, they said was in a coma for a total of seven months of those and coded mm-hmm. and had to be brought back to life seven times. Oh, my God. During this, this time. Well, it's just it's sick. It's so it's, horrific. It's I like – I don't like this at no. all. I was not prepared today. I know. I no, I didn't, Nobody's prepared ever for something like this except no. her story has to be told because she is a badass. Yeah. So during this time, and this is why she fought to stay alive for so long, she was fighting for legislation to be changed because she wanted to make sure that people who are charged with felonious assault and have caused the victim to suffer permanent or serious disfigurement or incapacity got more time on their sentence. Okay. So she fights to stay alive. Um, Also, the other thing that she did 
was on January 26, 2017. She wanted to testify against Mike for her murder. Mm-hmm. Mm. So they did a video conference and recorded a deposition while she was in her hospital bed. It is over an hour long, and I watched the entire thing. Okay. She answered questions from her attorney and also the defense attorney. And I was so impressed with her determination because some of the things that she the things that she said, it was hard to listen to. Like mm-hmm. the account of that, like she remembers what happened, how it oh felt. Oh my God. She's like, I don't think words can describe what it feels like to have your whole body set on fire. It felt like a thousand hot needles in my body. Mm-mm. She stuck to oh. her guns, even when you could tell the defense attorney was trying to discredit her because she had taken drugs that day and possibly had a cigarette. And he was like, trying, like he was saying, like, you had a cigarette, he was trying to light it, you know, and the whole time I'm disgusted. I know he's just doing his job, but I'm disgusted. He probably what, was too, don't you think? I That's not going to be one he's proud of, I would imagine. Right, right. I can't, no, I can't imagine. But she was like, no, sir, like, no, this is what happened. We went to the Speedway because I didn't have a cigarette on me. He looked evil. Like she was like, his eyes went black when he was doing all this. Like he just went into this evil place. She would even at times talk over him to get her point across that no one deserves to have this happen. Like, yes, you're asking those questions, but it doesn't matter what what happened prior to this. No one should ever be lit on fire. Oh, my God. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So – he was even calling out some of the inconsistencies in what she was saying happened, you know, surrounding their relationship and that day. And she, her response to him was, you have to understand on August 2nd, 2015, I was set on fire, thrown on the ground and burnt over 90% of my body. It's really hard for me to keep track of everything that happened in this horrible relationship with all of Right. That. You know, like, sorry. Not to mention gonna- she's being fed drugs. She's going to rehab. So she's clearly not her you know, best self at that time. Like, Mm -hmm. how about we give her a break? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So five months after this deposition on June 27th, 2017, at the age of 33, Judy succumbed to her, all of her injuries and passed away. Mm. One day later, the Ohio state Senate convened, held a moment of silence for her. And with a unanimous 33 to zero vote, they passed Judy's law, which adds a mandatory six years onto a sentence if an accelerant is used and if the victim suffered permanent serious disfigurement or incapacity. Six years is still not enough. No, six years in addition. So like he would have gotten, I guess, 17 with his initial sentencing. Anyway. Okay. So in July of 2018, Michael Slager pled guilty to murder. Okay. Because they now upped the charges. And was sentenced to life in prison because Judy's deposition was played. So she basically testified against her own murderer. Hell yeah. And it made history because it's never been done before. Mm. Um, Judy, in her deposition, stated that she wanted to Mike to get life in prison instead of the death penalty because that was on the table, the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Because she hoped that he would find God while in prison before he met her again on the other side. Wow. I was going to say because she wanted him to rot. That's exactly what I thought too. Nope. Wow. Look at you, Judy. You are a little Mm -hmm. like angel of a person. Holy Mm -hmm. wow. The judge was not happy about it, but honored her wishes. 
Good. That's what she wanted. Mm -hmm. In October of 2022, as I mentioned, MTV made a documentary. It's called Fire, The Fire That Took Her. MTV? MTV. Apparently the MTV. Wow. It's like MTV documentaries. Like there's a whole side hustle that MTV is doing here. I don't know. All right. It has won a couple of awards apparently. It was released for a short time um, in theaters, won awards. It's going to be out for streaming sometime this year. I'll have to like keep you posted on that in case somebody actually wants to watch it. I am interested in watching it. I know Mm -hmm. it'll probably be hard to, but it was hard Mm -hmm. to watch her in that hospital bed Mm -hmm. in the shape she was in. Yeah, because you knew she was suffering and like – Yeah. So Mm -hmm. when you say that she was testifying, she wanted to testify – in her murder. She mm-hmm. was anticipating that she was going to die and that he was oh, going to get charged with murder. Okay. Mm-hmm. She wow. She knew she was going to die. They, I mean, th- when they said hours and days and then she lasted that long, like she beat, defied all odds. And there was nothing that they can do for her anymore. I mean, like all of her, like most of her skin grafts all failed when they did them. And so it, she knew she was going to die and that eventually he would get that. I mean, murder charge. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, like it, there wasn't really a trial trial cause he pled guilty, but they still played right. her deposition. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, and all of that time that she was alive, she was in the hospital. She never left. Nope. She never left. And I don't okay. remember at what point, but she, at certain point right before the end, she was in like palliative care. Like they just stopped helping her. And right. So Judy's family have started a foundation called Judy's Foundation. They would love for Judy's law to be passed in other states and eventually, hopefully, federal law. So they're fighting for that. They work closely with first responders and the courts to develop technology that will help assist with repeat abusers. I'm not really sure what that technology is, but it's just something that was written on their website. They also have a place called Judy's House, which is a safe place for single mothers and their children to get help to address the trauma and disruption of domestic violence. Wow. They raise money to help get resources for all of these things and people. I'll have a link in the show notes for people to check it out. And if you are so inclined and you want to donate to this cause, I'm sure they would appreciate that. They do have dates and times for this. They have screenings happening right now in May, but I think by the time this drops – they will have all been done, I think, for that um, documentary that they're showing it in like churches or whatever, you know, like they're screening okay. it themselves. But I think by the time this drops, they're all going to be done, oh, unfortunately. Yeah. End of May. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad Brittany brought this case to us because yeah, even though she did not ultimately survive, I'm glad to tell the story of such mm-hmm. a strong and determined woman who did survive long enough to make her voice heard. Yeah. And that we can continue to make it hurt. People well, probably continue to listen to it. That's true. And, you know, whenever she decided that she was going to go to rehab that day, she knew that she was going on to something bigger. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure she obviously had no idea how far reaching I feel like her legacy would go. And I am happy that her family has is fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cry. I know. I know. Oh I reached out to the foundation actually and asked them if they needed they wanted us to like mention anything and the one thing was the show or the the screenings but then I was like, well, they'll be done by the time. Mm-hmm. And they haven't gotten back to me about anything else but I it's some pretty awesome stuff that's happening because of this story. Yeah. It was a terrible Her life. Story. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel as though whenever there are cases like that, you prepare me. Yeah. I know. And today you dropped that ball. Sorry. Whew. Mm. I am in absolute shock. Although you did tell me, because last week's case was also involved in arson, and you mm-hmm. did say we're going to have two arsons back to back. Mm-hmm. And and you said arson of a person. I know. And I was like, thing. I don't think it's called that. Although that's what he was charged with was arson. Right. Well, yeah, because he sat in a legal fire. Okay. I wanted to circle back to, I think the reason why they didn't charge him with attempted murder is because they anticipated that they would be charging him with murder. Probably. And so I think that's what happened there. So they picked another charge to keep him in jail while they were waiting to charge him with murder, which is what ultimately ultimately ended up happening. Right. Because it is possible that if they did attempted murder, that he might have some sort of defense that, no, I wasn't. It was an accident. You know, trying to say it was an accident, even though there's first surveillance. I don't, he wouldn't have been able to get out of that either. No. You know, but yeah, they they were anticipating the murder charge later. Right. And so I think that's why they didn't charge mm-hmm. him with it. That's just, I thought of it later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, bye, dude. Yeah, I'm thankful exactly. that he uh, is never going to be out on the streets to hurt anybody else because mm-hmm. I think that he absolutely would have. Oh, 100%. I mean, yeah. clearly he had charges beforehand of domestic assault and whatnot. And so, yeah, it's not like he was just going to stop doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet her daughters are great, huh? You know, I don't know. I don't know any updates on that. I mean, they're clearly they're older now. This is, right. you know, however many years ago, but – I don't really know how they're doing, but I'm assuming they're part of the foundation and working mm-hmm. well on that. So, yeah, I bet they're awesome. Yeah, Judy was so. awesome. Mm-hmm. Judy's mom sounds awesome too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bonnie. Bonnie. Gosh, the pictures in that. I mean, you'll see them, but like there was these like before pictures, her and her mom, and then her mom taking selfies of her and, and Judy in the hospital. Oh, my gosh, so. It's just so sad. so sad. I think being burned is one of – is my one thing. Like my worst nightmare of a way to go I think is yeah. burning because that is just – I mean it would all suck. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but being burned specifically is just – Man. Burned alive. Like – No, ugh. I don't – I don't mm. – Mm-mm. It's awful. I won't think about it too hard. Mm-hmm. But thank you very much for telling Judy's story. You did an amazing job, and I love the legacy. And yes, mm-hmm. if you are in a situation of intimate partner violence or any kind of violence in your home, please know that you are not alone, number one, mm-hmm. and that you are worth fighting for. And if you can't fight yourself, Find somebody to fight for you because I know somebody loves you enough. Mm-hmm. So 100%. get help. Get out. Reach out to someone. Happy Monday. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you'll put some resources in our – Yes. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to link um, the foundation for sure and then other resources. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to – Brittany, as well, for sending this story in and trusting us and allowing us to tell Judy's story. It is awful to say, but it is what we do here. Mm -hmm. 
And the more we talk about it, the more we give resources, the more we show people that these things are real, they really do happen. No one is immune. And we have to always love each other and look out for each other. And we are looking out for you and we love you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to cry. If you can't, uh, if you want more of us, come find us on Patreon. Uh, we have an Instagram in which I'm sure we'll be seeing some very beautiful pictures of Judy and maybe her family or whatever Christy posts. Um, come interact with us over there. Uh, we certainly love to hear what you have to say and we love loving on you. So please join us on those social media platforms and we appreciate you. And always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets.